Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week we're watching one of the films that you, the audience, picked. We asked you for your favourite road trip films and the film that you selected was 1987's Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film, it is Dr. Ellen Sears. How are you doing, Ellen? I am well. Excellent. Planes, trains and automobiles. Yep. What do you know about it? Uh, I voted for it on the Facebook poll because it's the only one that I actually knew. (laughs) And now I'm reviewing it, so that's nice. You knew, but you hadn't seen it. I mean, not as far as I'm aware, Mm. unless it's something that I watched as like a small child and have since forgotten about. But no, as far as I'm aware, I haven't watched it. The only thing that I know about it is it has a very pleasing sounding name. And does based on the image, it has Steve Martin and John Candy in it. Mm -hmm. That's all I know. And I'm presuming it's a road trip movie because it was on the road trip movies list. All right. That's all I know. That's it. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. That's the whole movie. All right. Do you you have any (laughs) thoughts on... Steve Martin or John Candy in general? Are there any of their films which you really enjoy? Uh, non-specifically. I'm, Steve Martin's been in like tons of stuff. There's nothing of his in particular that I'm like, yes, he was amazing in this because he seems to do the same sort of thing again and again. John mm. Candy, mostly when I think about him, I'm just like, oh, it's sad that he died. Mm. Like that's, that's kind of, yeah. They're, they're not necessarily actors who I'm like, I will watch all of their things. Mm. But you've enjoyed stuff they've done in the past. Yeah. Like Father of the Bride. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Uh, cool Runnings. Yes. Yes. Cool Runnings I loved. Yeah. So, yeah. I used to, we, we taped that off the TV when I was a kid. I must have watched it a million times. I do Excellent. like Cool Runnings. Okay. Well, joining us as someone who has seen this film, um, it is Honorary Doctor Brett Cullen. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Honorary. I don't know about that. Yeah. But I would call myself a doctor and that's very dishonorable anyway. So, mm, true. full circle. I, I feel like this this podcast can hand out honorary doctorates in yeah, cool. in film watching. Oh, You've look, got, they yeah. get handed out to celebrities and all sorts of people that don't deserve it all the time. Yeah. What's my doctorate in? What's my honorary doctorate in? I'm going to say it's in... Um, uh, Bullshittery? Hitch- I'm going to say it's in... I'm going to say it's in Hitchcock films because you, you've, oh, been, no. you've been on quite a few of our Hitchcocks. <laughs> I have, but I feel like that is a false pretense. <laughs> I have seen the films and I know the films. Yeah. But I'm not a Hitchcockian. What would you like to have an honorary doctorate in? In bullshittery. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the honorary doctorate in bullshittery, yeah. uh, Brett Cullen. It's something I've been perfecting since I could speak. Excellent. Um, how are you doing, Brett? I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> um, I am excited to watch this film. I haven't seen it in a while. Mm. When did you last watch Planes, Trains and all of uh, It wasn't that long ago. It was probably maybe a year or two ago. I tend to have a, a phase around the Christmas holidays where I'll strap in and watch all the 80s comedy so it'll be like a bunch of eddie murphy stuff and things like stripes from you know from that crew and yeah plane trains and automobiles goes onto that list as Mm. well as well as uncle buck Mm -hmm. uh, the jerk yep yeah so the biggins um and um in a vague non-spoilery sort of way Mm. what is uh ptna all about um it's about um planes Mm mm-hmm uh, it's also it's uh, the towards the sort of back end. There's trains, mm-hmm. um, and that's it. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. There are no cars. No, 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 no. But they do have automobiles. But they needed that extra different. like punch yeah. on the title. Yeah, you couldn't just call it planes and trains. No, mm. no, because then you'd be you know setting up rivalry mm. with Pixar. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Thompson Tank Engine versus Cars versus the. Planes franchise, which was a Chinese Pixar co-pro. Yeah. Mm. The musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. Oh, oh God. <laughs> if <laughs> anybody was, was going to do that, Starlight it would be Express? Here. Yeah, Starlight Express. That is... Well, Thomas the Tank the, Engine fan fiction. After the rounding success of Cats, I'm sure they're lining up to do Starlight <laughs> Express. Did you know that actually there is a German language production of Starlight Express that's been running since the 80s in a custom-built theatre? I have no doubt whatsoever. Yeah, mm. it's still running. When someone said that... <laughs> That that exists, I went. Starlight Express. Why? <laughs> then I looked it up, mm. and I continued to ask why. Yeah. The and musical I, based on, loosely based on the concept of Thomas the Tank Engine. But that's the thing. Doesn't doesn't strike you as being a, a, a big. But it's so funny far spinner? beyond that. Yeah. The whole thing was was that Lloyd Webber was like, I'm doing all these like weird concept musicals, like song and dance, mm. because the first half is all sung, and the second half is like a ballet, and I'm doing cats, and I'm doing all this. I'm just doing whatever I like, essentially. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to, I want to do 
a musical version of Thomas the Tank Engine. So he actually went and spoke to Reverend Who's Your Google Face mm-hmm. and was like, hey, I want to do like a musical version like with trains. And, and dude was like, no, you yeah. can't do it. No. And Lloyd Webber was like, fine, I'll make my own train person musical with yeah. rollerblades. Anthropomorphized train Anthropomorphized beings. train people. Mm. And he just went and did it. And I was like... It's it's a lot less severe than it probably could have been based on the original Thomas the Tank Engine books because he was a Protestant preacher yeah. and it was all, all the taglines of Thomas is make sure you're a very useful engine. Mm. If you're not, <laughs> you will be walled up and become an engine to heat the water, which mm. is what happens to one of the trains in that. So they're, they're a very naughty train mm. and so they get backed into a tunnel. Yeah, the tunnel gets bricked up. Yeah. From memory, it was either Henry or James. I think it might have been Henry. Mm. No, I think it was an ancillary character. I don't think it was one of the main oh, ones. I'm, was I'm talking about the, the episodic content because this did happen in the yes, TV show. Yes, it did. I think it was James for being... Uh, for being too arrogant, yeah. if I remember right. Or maybe that was Gordon then. Gordon was the big, big blue one. The big he blue was. One, yeah. he, he was, was the one that spoke like this. Get out of my way. Yes. Like, yeah, because the thing... Except if it was Ringo Starr. Yeah, because the key thing with the morality in Thomas the Tank Engine, which is so far from planes, trains and automobiles... No, but, it's not, no, because it's, it's trains. trains. Okay, okay. <laughs> hey, <laughs> look, we spent a lot of time off topic. We're now on topic of trains. Okay. And then we'll on. move on to planes. Then we'll move on to automobile. Oh, it's going to be a long episode, folks. Yes. But um, yeah, it, it is interesting how you had Thomas, obviously, was sort of who we followed, even though he wasn't sort of like the moral character. Because mm, the moral, he was, he the, was a bastard. The moral train was Edward. Yeah. yeah. And he gets ignored yeah. all the time in all the Thomas yeah. the Tank lore. Like Percy is insecure. He's like a little Radar O'Reilly mm-hmm. on wheels. Yeah. And then you've got, um, yeah, Henry. James is the arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gordon's the, I'm the big Grumpy boss old one. man. Yeah. Ja- right, right, James right, right. is arrogant. He's also a, cheeky shit James yeah. um, and then you have I mean Toby and Duck are just kind of there yeah. they're, they're not really doing they're kind much. of just I'm the square train okay Toby yeah. like that kind of thing hello they're like, I, they're, I, like I, the, they're like the Fred and George of the yeah. well, no, they're just they're, kind no, of there like the, the literal Fred and George was I guess so. Donald and Douglas and Bill and Ben which yes. were two separate yes. sets yes, of yes, twin yes, trains yes. numbers um, and then, and 9, 10, Maribel. 11 and 12 yeah. well I didn't know Duck like I don't I don't have any memory of Duck whatsoever really? and I, watch, no, I watched Duck? all of it had yeah. the books had everything because I know he's, yeah. he's six right like he's, no he's eight he's, he's eight he's green same as Percy yes he's just outside the core bunch he's official name is Montague, but his nickname is Duck. How do you get Duck from Montague? I can't remember. <laughs> but then, but then, I mean, that's a cool nickname. Yeah, but then, and then, of course, they brought in all the diesel engines, like Mavis and Diesel. Diesel, it, it yeah. was just a. Bastard. Just a rowdy bastard. Yeah, he's just. I'm gonna take you out, yeah. steam trains. This yeah. is modernity. Yes. <laughs> and but then, now, now, because mm. my kids have got back into it. Now, yeah, it's all 3D and they've yeah, got it's, girl trains. It's and a bit much it's now. International. Mm. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of a sedate kind of pace in your know, Ringo Starr. Yeah. But now it is. There's an American version, which is a travesty. Yeah. It sounds gross. Um, the, it's not the fat controller anymore. It's yeah, he's the Lord like, Top Haddington or something. Mm. Um, yeah. Because she was, his wife was always called Mrs. Mrs. Top Hat or mm. Mrs. Hattington. Yeah, it was just he was the fat controller, and there was also the thin controller who was the inspector that would come around. That's yeah. right. Because mm, you have a story with that. But now there's gender parity. Mm. So there's Emily and there's Nia and there's a bunch of other female engines, mm. and then the super modern one is Spencer. And Spencer is like a bullet train type thing where he's the fastest ever and he's the most arrogant, unlikable character ever. Of course mm. he is. Yeah. Because modernity is bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do they or do they not still have the double-decker bus named Bulgy? Uh, there is Bulgy, but there's also Bertie. Bertie was, all, Bertie was the single-decker. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bertie was, was from the, the old one. Because you also yeah, had yeah. Harold the helicopter as well. Harold the helicopter. There's, there's Jeremy the jet plane as well. Jeremy, they, why do you need a jet plane on the Isle of Sodor? I don't know, but there's a story, and this is one that my son has. And Thomas is tooting along, and then mm. he hears a plane roar overhead, mm. and the plane lands and goes into the hangar, and train the train tracks thankfully go straight past the hangar. So Thomas meets Jeremy the jet plane, and Jeremy Thomas says, "I'm I'm a, a tank engine, and I love my job." And Thomas goes, "I'm a plane, and I love soaring high. You can see everything." And Thomas immediately switches and goes. Well, you're being very boastful. I don't like you. And leaves. <gasps> right? And so then Thomas is asked by the fat controller to load the children in for a picnic. But then Percy sees that it's starting raining. So they 
they have to cancel the picnic. No. And then Thomas goes to... Oh, so Jeremy was the one that warned of the storm coming. Right, because he could see it. Because he could see it yeah. from his, his, his So altitude. he was doing a good deed. Jeremy is blameless this entire thing. Thomas, it gets worse. Th- Thomas is just being a dick. Yeah, and then Thomas shows up at the hangar and goes, can we have the picnic in your hangar? And Jeremy goes, of course you can. Aww. So I have to explain to my kids, is like, mm, Thomas is not being very nice, is he? Mm. Yeah. Thomas is being an absolute prick mm. to Jeremy, who's done nothing but talk about his perspective on life. And Thomas is just taking it Thomas as a boost. Thomas is jealous, I think. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's what Thomas it is. Thomas is very jealous. But that's mm. not conveyed well in the story, so I have no. to unpick the morality yeah. from the kids. And then he's going to start watching Rick and Morty, and you have the same issue where it's like, no, no you're not no. meant to like Rick. No, Rick is a disaster. Yeah. And brings more to the disaster. It's disasters. like watching Fight Club, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, think. exactly. Yeah. This is what I want to be. You've mm. missed the point. Yeah. No. Tyler Durden is the nightmare, not yeah. the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Durden is a very useful engine. That's what we <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But like from that Protestant value of like, you mm. must have your place in society and you must contribute and you, mm. you should not be the one, you should not be Thomas. You should be the one that does their job mm. quietly and unobtrusively, mm. which is Edward. Mm. Um, it's spun off into this, yeah. Like, Hello, 1984. Yeah. So, <laughs> 1956. I mean, yeah. 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 So, I think it was the first one. That's the trains. Okay, so let's move <laughs> on to automobiles and the fact that um, talking cars somehow also have non animate road machines, like yeah. gravel laying machines, yeah. mm. but they're not alive. Yeah. Is weird. this from the Disney Pixar yeah, cars? Pixar. Yeah. yeah. And some cars go inside other cars, like there's a Mack truck yeah. and it can, it can feel when the car is inside the That's back so of it. That's so weird. Mm. I, I'm going to be very disappointed if this film doesn't feature ethical questions <laughs> about Oh no, there's plenty. There okay. is plenty. Okay. Okay. There is plenty. With that being said, shall we watch... Well, we haven't done... We haven't done... Oh, sorry. Planes. Uh, planes. Oh, we talked yeah. a little bit about our planes. Jeremy's a plane. Jeremy, okay. Jet all right, cool. Yeah, we, we did. We knocked it out. We it was a double it. barrel. Yeah. You're welcome. So, <laughs> should we watch Planes, <laughs> yeah. Trains, and Automobiles? I mean, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm happy to keep talking about the morality of Thomas the Tank Engine for the rest of the day, but <laughs> I suppose we've got a podcast we need to get on with. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, w- w- when we do the 2000 film, mm. uh, that is the Thomas the Tank Engine film with Alec Baldwin as the live yes. action lead, it which is, is a cinematic masterpiece. It is, it is cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll get you back on to talk about the morality. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. oh, I haven't seen it, so All right. let me know. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, for those of you who are listening at home, um, we are going to talk about planes, trains and automobiles <laughs> when we come back. So oh, pop in your DVDs, load up the streaming services and start by wiping that f-ing dumb smile off your rosy f-ing cheeks and give me a f-ing automobile, a f-ing Datsun, a f-ing Toyota, a f-ing Mustang, a f-ing Buick, four f-ing wheels and a seat. As we watch Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Welcome back, everybody. We have finished watching Planes, Trains and Automobiles. I'm joined once again by Honorary Doctor Brett Cullen. Hello. And actual Doctor Ellen Sears. Hello. Uh, Ellen, that was your first time watching Planes, Trains and Automobiles. What did you think? Yeah, it was all right. It was sort of a bit odd. It was one of those sort of 80s films where it kind of felt like this film isn't entirely sure what it wants to be. Not quite on the level of Gremlins. Mm. which I think was on last year's Christmas film yeah. list. Because I watched that with you. I don't think I was on that podcast, but mm. I watched it with you and was just like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Um, so not quite on that level, but a little bit like, what is this trying to be? I'm not really 100% sure. Yeah. It, was fun. it definitely just jumps around from tone yeah. to tone to tone to tone. Yeah. It's really built around a bunch of set pieces that they stitch together. Yeah. It's, it kind of reads a little bit like we have like some ideas for some funny gags. Let's yeah. link them together. Yeah. And yeah. Just, just, let's just keep escalating things. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it is interesting because I don't know that it, I don't know that it works very well. As a film, mm. um, in, in the sense that there's there's really not that much at to peril. It. Like like the evening. no, the stakes are pretty low. Yeah. which is why that end scene is John Hughesianly turned up to yeah. eleven. It's, very, it's not really yeah. justified. It's, it's, it's very it was made small two calls scene. over two days. But, but what I will say is that it's um, it's a good 
uh, not a buddy cop, but like a, a buddy. It's a film. good buddy comedy. Yeah. yeah, it's a good. It's it's a good film to put on, maybe while you're doing something else. Yeah, because every time you look back, something else is happening. Again. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. And like that, that central relationship between um, John Candy and Steve Martin's characters, uh, between Dell and Neil, mm. is good. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. it's more than watchable. Like you know, it's it's John Candy. I think compelling. in particular is fantastic in this. He's yeah. very good. He's, yeah, yeah. He can and switch between likable and obnoxious so quickly. Yeah, and it, and also you very much. We've all met people who are oh yes who are like Dell, mm. and if you haven't, then it's probably you. Is is that kind of thing? Yeah, and, and, yeah. But there's there's little things about the Dell character which I think in a different actor's hands could have just been an annoying character. Yeah, it could have turned off a lot of people. There's there's, yeah. there's an earnestness underpinning all of that so so even though it's like you're annoying but you're also like yeah but at your heart you're really actually yeah. like a decent human being like yeah. this character actually comes across as you're like yeah i can see that you'd be annoying but but the thing that really interests which me, happens multiple times yeah. Yeah. yeah and the thing that really interested me and that i think stands out from this film is that he stands up for himself from the beginning yeah, yeah he does. which yeah, is not, not what you expect from that that type no. of character normally it's about Two thirds of the way through the film, he goes, "You know, I've learnt something. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stand up for myself." Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's every yeah. single character that Josh Gad has ever played. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Whereas, um, where, whereas in this film, you know, Neil has a real go at him. Like he just yeah, and he comes him. straight back and says, and he, "Well, you're not a nice person." Yeah, and he says, yeah. and he basically says, "I'm not going to change who I am just because yeah. you're a dickhead." Basically, I, my customers love me. Yeah. I do well i think i'm a good person mm. screw you yeah and like, mm. oh, okay and i really like that i i really enjoyed that from this yeah well, i think it makes I... that equitable relationship for them so yeah the bickering in the back and forth is not bullying because someone like steve martin could very easily just be a bully in this oh mm. you know what sure. i mean like yeah he, he begrudgingly accepts but like after that tirade that first tirade in the hotel room he has a few more of those, but it's never as... It's never as, like, pointed visceral. and cruel and that yeah, kind of thing. Even when he punches him in the gut after the car burning. Like, it's not it's, it's not yeah. as personal. It seems more no. comical. It, and also, it feels more like that is him being generally frustrated at everything yes. that has gone wrong. Mm. Yes. Um, and, and Dell is right there as a big part of it. Yep. Yeah, and um, I think as well, like, Steve Martin's character, like, he was, he was... He was already tense and ready to snap at the beginning of the thing. Like you can see that he's ready to crawl up the walls mm. in that meeting. So it was kind of only. I feel like it was probably very cathartic for him. He probably needed to snap. Yeah. And mm. it gave him a good excuse to just be like, "Ah, oh, I just need to yell at somebody and like get some emotions out." And then after that, he kind of starts to loosen up yeah. a little bit. Yeah, they have the bonding scene, but he also immediately then trips over the the trunk, yeah. which yeah. is a nice little. That was like very if good. there was. Maybe two to three more seconds on that. Yeah. Because it cuts as he's falling. I'm like, ah, I, I think you needed, in this case, the, the gag to literally land. Yeah. Mm. There was a lot of that happening in the movie. I said this. It's like the reason it's only 90 minutes is because it moves fast. Yeah. Mm. There's, there there's, there's not a lot room. of breathing room in no, there. It just it doesn't sit on anything very well. And, and when you think about how much happened in that movie. Yeah, yeah. a lot. They covered a lot of characters and a lot of places. Like, it just whips along. Yeah. Mm. And I, I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that it's at that pace because... Mm. Otherwise, I think it would be boring. I don't well, think it would work. I, I was a little bit bored after the third or fourth change of vehicle. Yep. Like, because because the stakes themselves weren't that high. Yeah. Like what's going to happen is... is wife who sleeps in full makeup and just sort of looks wistfully out the window occasionally. Well, I think gonna... she's only in you know, what, three scenes? Yeah. And but, then but like, huge yeah. emotional... This this essentially like just very underwritten yeah. like um I am a character. female support character. Yeah. I am the wistful wife. Where is my husband? When oh, will he no. return from war? My yeah. children. I must explain to my children. Oh, my heart. Yeah. Like, I'm like, great. You're going to disappoint a wet blanket. That's, that's, that's not a big motivation. Yeah. I, I think for, for us as the viewer, well, there because, was no, because there we're was not no invested co- in that relationship. We're invested yeah. in the John Candy, Steve Martin relationship. There was no real consequences. Like, oh, I missed the Thanksgiving. Missed the there wasn't like the phone call with the mother going or the wife going, you missed it. And the kids are upset and you need to get home. Mm. Like there was no reconnection with that yeah. part of he, the drive he, of it. He missed the, the Thanksgiving pageant, yeah, which I, was, I didn't know was a thing, but yeah, he missed the Thanksgiving it's American, pageant. So pageants for and, um, <laughs> but like the only real repercussion he got from that was John Candy being really funny yeah. and saying, you don't get those moments back. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. And he's ooh. just like, wow, 
thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, that's the depth of the emotional resonance on that as an issue. But yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe that was filmed. Maybe there was more mm. to the oh, wife to yeah. help. I mean, that, but then they, oh, maybe, I, I they made the same stuff. Maybe <laughs> yeah. they made the same choice to go, nah, this should be about. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot filmed for this film. Like yes. there is, there was so much footage for this film. Mm. I think the original cut is like, three hours or it's, it's the hour. Snyder like, cut like, yeah. yeah yeah the Snyder cut of <laughs> planes, yeah. planes and automobiles hashtag release the Hughes cut yeah but they, <laughs> probably is the Hughes cut they, they did so many different scenes and a lot of it was improvised I was going to say well. yeah. I bet like, they improvised yeah. all of it yeah um, so they had a lot to pick from and I think they've cut it down into something that it is very entertaining as yes. much as I'm yeah. sitting here going I don't think it's a great film mm. I think it does exactly what it's meant to do which yeah. is be an entertaining film um, it'd be a good Thanksgiving film, I guess. Yeah, well, you put two personalities like John Candy and Steve Martin, mm. you know, at the top of their game here, mm. and any scene they're in is going to be interesting to watch, at least for the duration of that scene. Yeah. Mm. And there's not a lot in this where they're not in it. No. You know what I mean? Like, every other scene has one of them in it at some point in yeah. some way. Yeah. We occasionally, again, the the, the wistful wife yeah. uh, is, is about it. Um, it's almost the, just a little reminder. Yeah, or the kid remember. going like, mm. oh, the flight's, flight's delayed, like that mm. kind of thing. I, I, I kind of like the way this film did its... It occasionally did leaps into sort of edits that I wasn't expecting. So, like, when he's on the train home, like, he's actually Mm -hmm. going home, Steve Martin's Neil character, and Mm. each of his three kids appear, and then he's got an image of, like, his wife, but then images of him with John Candy start to come in and reminiscing about the time they had together. Montage time. But it was a really good use of montage, which I was expecting. It's it's John Hughes, like, that saccharine kind of... Yeah. Nostalgia is what he does, right? Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and, and, that, and that transition, it makes it very clear where his thoughts are. He's thinking about like, oh, my three adorable children and my lovely wife. And then he thinks about his friend and then he realises, wait a minute, mm. wait a minute. Because I sort of started picking up. I'm like, he has a framed picture of his wife. Like, why doesn't he have that in his wallet or something? Yeah. Like, I was like, there's something funky going on here. And, and about halfway trunk. through and the trunk. And I was like, in the face, like I carry a pillow with me. And I was like, I'm putting things together here. And then when he came back and he was like, yeah, my wife's dead. I'm like, yep, called it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. John Candy's acting in that was really good as well. Yeah. Like, yeah it was like, a much better act than people gave him credit for. Yeah. Because yeah. be, he was vulnerable up until the point where he was defending himself. And then he was still likable. Despite all that stuff, he was still a really likable, genuine person mm. as Dell. His, his face journey when... Steve Martin's character is yelling at him for the first time mm. in the thing and he's yes. just shouting and his whole face journey, and he looks like he's just like barely holding on mm-hmm. and about to like break down in tears like that was some yeah. A plus stuff right mm. there and again the, the, when he confesses that, that his wife Marie has been dead for eight, eight years, years. Yeah. yeah like it's and even though most of that scene is focused on Steve Martin the bits yeah. we get of John Candy are good I and mean, Steve Martin is very good in this so yes he, yeah, yeah, yeah he gets um, maligned a bit he doesn't go the over the top in this. Yeah, like we we've done a couple of films with him in in uh, in this podcast, and like Father of the Bride, not not a great film, no. and I don't think he's particularly great in in that film. Mm. Um, in this, he's he's very good, and he, it kind of makes sense that he gets so frustrated that he's like throwing himself around and doing stuff because he's he's got all those great physical moments where yeah. he gets so frustrated he just starts like writhing about. Yeah, he can't contain the frustration. But that kind of works as well because he's such an uptight character. Yes, yeah. and you get the you get the sense that he's like got this veneer and he's just kind of like calm <clears throat> underneath it, like trying to just yeah. hold it together. And then by the end of it, he's got his candy wrappers all over his bed and he's like loosened up a lot yeah. more. Yeah. And he's almost got... as if the characters have taught each other something. <gasps> what? Amazing. what? Um, yeah. Do you think we should put this in more movies? <laughs> No, <laughs> um, but um, the, the thing that I really liked about Steve Martin's performance in this is it reminded me a lot of the way Rowan Atkinson performs in certain yes. things, mm. where yeah. he has that sort of big hyper physicality, yeah, but yeah. then the, the the sort of just the the small to medium facial movements he makes, reacting to things that are going on, yeah. are really well used in this film yeah. to to showcase where he where he's that, at. That, where that, that tiny is. moment in Love Actually, where Rowan Atkinson just goes oh no I must have lifted my overcoat takes all these things and then walks past and just raises his eyebrows as he goes past yeah that like the whole thing yeah it, it, yeah. Was, kind of, it was kind of like that um, and like the, the way he 
right from the off when they're in that meeting with that man just keeps looking at the advertising mm. uh, pitch. And dramatic tension. In that. that was a great, great sequence though. Like yeah. the editing in that, I, I yeah. love that. Okay. And the, 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 the actor who's playing the, the, the exec who just kept going <gasps> and then not saying anything was wonderful. Yeah. Um, just, just set it and all. And that could have been too up. much, but I reckon that would have been worked on in yeah. the edit a bit. Yeah. To get like, how many breaths should he take and how many cuts? Because it, it does speed up the edit of like, Steve Martin's character and his friend mm. back to the front and there's obviously other people in the room but yeah I, I, I think that sets up the the embodiment of frustration for the rest of the film yeah that his character so from the, from, from, from the very off the audience is like yeah. frustration and I do remember when I, when I first watched this when I was young so I would have been I don't know 11 or 12 or something mm. being very frustrated that all these things keep happening you're like no, no I just wins. want them to get home yeah because it, it does get to that point at the sort of well, around like, the third mm. act you're like really so you've had the plane you've had yeah. the trains you've had the taxis you've had the train again you've had the truck mm. you've got the hillbilly mm. I'm a bit exhausted but then you go okay well this is a road movie and, and a, the one rule of road movie is keep moving yeah because when you get to your destination, the movie should end. Like that yeah, one and the... it does. Yeah. And it's like, spot on. Yeah. yeah, and it's really interesting that this film... I, I said it a little bit jokingly when we were watching, but mm. I've been reflecting on it. I think this film does this road trip story better than Oscar-winning Best Picture Green Book <laughs> does. I know they're telling extremely different stories. Mm. I know they're not the, the same, same story at all. But it is the same format. Mm -hmm. It's just that... This, I think, is, is, is better than Green Book in terms of I think that the two characters at the centre of it are really actually learn from each other. I know yeah. that Green yeah, yeah, Book yeah. is based on a true story and there's only so much that one can do. Ugh, real life, not as interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it, it did just remind me, though, that, that the road trip movie format has got it's all about that like, idea of change. You've yeah. got to have, like, yeah. you, you start somewhere, you, you go on the journey, and it's like, it's mm. not about the destination, it's the friends you made along the yeah, way. Yeah. Like, it's like it's, the ex extrinsic, intrinsic stuff. It's like we yeah. have a character that starts at a thing, all of this external stimulus happens, mm. and then by halfway through, they think they've changed, but really they haven't. And, and then, then there's, the realization, another, there's the final push yeah. of, oh, we've changed each other, we've grown as people, there's stuff that's happened. But there's literally, what was it, road trip? So the early 2000s, there was a bunch of road moves. There was sex tape, there was oh. road trip. There All the ones was... of like random girls going off and doing road trips to places. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There yeah. was um, Lord like of the Rings. Like Britney Spears, that's the one I'm thinking of, yeah. Um, the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings is a big road big, movie. Big road trip. Big movie. road yeah. trip, yeah. Way not as many boobs in that as most of the sort of gross out two thousand. No, true, true. It was a real change. Some, yeah, but not enough. Yeah, to really classify it in that same <laughs> echelon as. I mean, look sex that. Tape. I mean, look that that mauve dress that Liv Tyler wears, which is very see through. It's a very good. One. It's a very good dress. Yeah. It's a very good. And the tight <laughs> shirt that Sam Wise has on. That's true. As he yeah. struggles, but, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, the, the the early two thousands road movies. Yeah. Um, it was a big thing. Yeah. It was a it big. It did drop thing. off quite. I worked that? on one. I worked an Australian one called Stone Bros. Stone Bros. Yes, very hard to track down. I'll see if I can get it for you because it's worth watching. It's an indigenous road comedy. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and the story is, um, <laughs> the main character has to return this spiritual stone back. He steals it from the museum because it shouldn't be in the museum, and has to get it back to. Kalgoorlie, the mob in Kalgoorlie. Yeah. And his cousin, who's a total stoner, grabs on to the idea. It just sounds like Temple of Doom, but less racist. Yeah, yeah. but then they have, <laughs> they have 181 joints and they have to smoke in between. I think I saw a trailer for this. You probably would have. Yeah, yeah, that is ringing a bell. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know you worked on that. Yeah, that was the first feature film I worked on, actually. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Excellent. There was... Um, 60 odd locations in five and a half or six weeks jesus mm. and it was every single day was multiple locations right yeah. so it started in Fremantle, then it went out to jaredale then there was like six or seven different locations around jaredale that we did stuff there was a school camp that we turned into like a, a prison well, i say we the art department did but the, the film production did yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we went out to cal so we we're at cal for two and a half weeks Shot out the salt lakes shot oh, at like a little roadhouse amazing salt uh the mine yeah the open car like there was so and that was my first big job yeah so every film after that where it's like oh we've got three locations I'm like oh because mm. my job in on that film 
was um, setting up the the monitor essentially mm. yeah. for the director to watch, oh, right? damn, the, yeah. the split operator. But everything was in a car. Mm. So on my first day, I had to rig up two cars with radio control follows, Jesus, with multiple high def splits, as well as operated on the camera. <laughs> I've never done any of that before. And it was just like, so just well, that's the job. Trial by fire, off you go. Yeah, and after that, everything was easy. And I imagine that, and I imagine that everything would have been like massive as well, because yeah, yeah like back then, all the film tech stuff was a lot bigger. Of course, not that, not that heavier. long ago. <laughs> no, no, no. But like compared early to 2000s. now, early two thousand. That's that's twenty years ago. No, <laughs> twenty Stop. years ago. Yes, it was. How, no, that's how cool. small but, the film camera I mean, is now. The cameras weren't that big, but then we were in charge of um, the tapes because it was shot on high def. Of course, yeah. Mm. And they had to go into coolers because. But you imagine getting a whole camera set up and a monitor and all that out mm. to the middle of the salt flats. Yeah, yeah. in Cal. Yeah, I'm in familiar 52 with 52 degree heat. Jesus Christ. And, and then trying to keep them cool afterwards. My God. They would shoot, the camera would go on, then it would go off, and then it would be packed with ice packs. So it didn't like explode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In Stone Bros. Yes. Did either of your protagonists have a foot race with Kevin Bacon to get to a taxi? No, I think that was scripted, mm. but I don't <laughs> think he was into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was into it in this film. Oh, um, yeah. Early bacon shot. Yeah. Really. Baby bacon. Yeah, baby bacon. Mm. Little little rasher there just, just for a result. Rasher bacon. <laughs> Pre or post Footloose? When was Footloose? I feel like Footloose was the year before this. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's been right about now. the same time. Right late, late yeah, 87, 88. Very, very late 80s. Yeah, it would have been. This is 87, right? This is 87. I yeah. wonder if that was like a John Hughesian thing of like getting in the people he knows. Oh, this is definitely after Footloose. Footloose was uh, 1984. Oh, oh okay. damn. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. So That would make yeah. sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was just like, oh, there's Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Well, He's that, I mean, it makes sense to have a known actor to go up against Steve Martin and win yeah. in like that opening scene because you, you're not going to get a character introduction. So no. whoever that... It needs, cast, to it needs to be somebody who's recognisable. Yeah. 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 Everyone's like, oh, Kevin Bacon. Oh, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And I presume he's not playing a character. I'm presuming he's just Kevin Bacon. In New York. Yeah. yeah. This is what he gets up to. Yeah, he's just growing over business. Just yeah. being a dick. I do like the costuming. It looks like it was from like the 40s. Yeah. Or 50s. The 50s market men, Mad Men style. Yeah. Yeah. The grey mm-hmm. overcoat. The and gray then suit. with the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the pork can pie you, hands. Can you verbally describe what the vert is for all of your listeners? Just... Hair that goes straight up. It really does. Hair um, that goes straight up, and you know what? Straight was, up, and then falls outwards. And then falls outwards. Okay, so there was also in the in the lineup of children. Yes. There was the okay. Go back. There's like the, the kid that's third I along. That. We have to go back. Okay, the kid who was third along had like white, white blonde hair, but it was the same style, and it was just straight up, like he put his fingers into a. Power but, socket. But that was boom. the look. I know, but it's amazing. That was the boom bap hip hop. Side note as well. Love the love love how in the eighties and like going into the early nineties, the thing was like if you have characters who are really scared in a comedy, they turn into skeletons for like a split second. That was such a And then what do we see? We see John Candy is the John devil. John Candy is the devil. Just like no. That was a super that actually, strange throwback to like yeah. early cartoon like do you know do you know what having that devil bit in there though i was like oh okay like this actually makes more sense now because if it had just been like the bit with the skeleton mm. then it would have been more stupid i think yeah, yeah. but it makes it's it a bit more like nails, this is like a daydreamy type it did start to make me wonder thing. if john candy's character was real like it, like a la fight club yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah or if it was going to go down like a scrooge route or something where yeah, yeah. oh you're here to be Teaching me a lesson to not be such and a bad and upset that, person. That's how Del to... Griffith won his wings or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Like something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, yeah. It's... But they did that in Home Alone as well, like with the electrocuting um, in the second mm. one. Yes, that's right. When, when, when yeah, Marv gets an old cartoon thing. Yeah, 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 it is. But I just love that that was such a big thing in the 80s and 90s in like <laughs> these these kind of comedies where they were right. just like, this totally worked narrative. They're just going to be yeah. a skeleton for a couple of seconds and then we'll go back to them actually being them but there was some it's some like, okay. hyper real moments as you got through the film like it starts pretty grounded and pretty yeah straightforward and like okay all of these things could definitely happen to anyone yeah and as it goes on it just gets turned up and up and up and yeah up the bit where up. he gets dragged around by his nutsack yeah but even like putting his fingers into the dash yeah that bit was great i'm picking i feel like i've seen that or I've seen Again, it, cartoon, or, right? or I've seen that parodied somewhere else. Yeah, the fingers in the dash specifically. Yeah, yeah. but it is. It's so I also, cartoony. I also like the fact that the steering wheel got bent, bent over yeah. from like 
the fear. And the car keeps going. Yeah. And then it's on fire and you think, wow, that my car's done. That, no, and there but it's comes not. The car. That whole, that, that whole <laughs> scene where he gets his like sleeve caught on the oh, bit and so then stressful. gets the other sleeve and he's steering with his knees mm. and then he goes back the wrong way on the thing. And it's like, oh my God. Like just some great physical comedy there. Yeah. I feel like they needed And to... Steve Martin just like asleep. I feel like it needed to go like, don't you dare wake me up unless it's an emergency. So yeah. there was a bit more to yeah. him not going, ah, yeah. can you take the wheel? Can you can you help me here? We, we might die. Yeah. yeah. Or if it was at the end of like a fight, because it was quite in a... And then he wakes up and he's like... What's going on? All good? Oh, yeah, it's all fine. You should probably take your thing off. It's pretty warm in here. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take my parker off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm. But it is. It, it, it got more cartoony as it went along, especially in the middle there. It got very wacky. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't mind. I, I, it was I, I fun. Think, why I liked the film when I saw it when I was younger and I've, I've watched it a yeah. bunch of times since. It's the same as, um, I don't know, like that era is like Trading Places and mm. yeah, even Scrooge, Stripes. Mm. There's all that SCTV and like SNL alumni, alumni from doing about stuff. 83 to 92 where they've all got stuff. Like Ghostbusters, you know, is the big one. Yeah. yeah. And Fletch, like all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And I think that this fits really squarely in with yeah. that. And yeah. Uncle Buck and yeah, Jerk and Three Amigos and yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you're in Wichita. Yeah. Am I? Yep. I need to call my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, all the pay phones are busy. And, no, uh, I'm going to miss my child's something or other pageant. Pageant. <laughs> pageant. <laughs> I've gelled his hair up special for it. Um, <laughs> we used all the gel we had. Um, you have to get to Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what, if you were in that situation, you've been diverted. It's 1987. Mm. What, what would be your method for trying to get home? Now, I've done a little bit of research. It is a I'd be negative one, so I'm in big trouble. Okay, no, it's, it's you as you <laughs> it's are It's you now. as current day. I've been yeah. transported back um, to 1987. Yeah. yeah, I mean, hire a car or... Mm. I don't know. I think that would be the extent of... Or catch a bus. Yeah. Buses would take a while, but you would get there. Yeah. yeah. You probably wouldn't catch on fire in it. Yeah. Wait, they do take a bus for a little bit in this. They, they do. do. So why is it... But they can only trains? get to a certain I guess point. a bus is an automobile. It is an automobile. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, it's plane trains, cars, buses. Do you think you would have tried trucks, to taxis. do anything different than what they did in this film? I definitely wouldn't have stuck with <laughs> Del. <laughs> oh, you're a, okay. Yeah, so you're, I think I think the point that, that Neil makes in there is like I think we can do this better by ourselves. Yeah, I do agree, mm. and I think it wouldn't have been as fun a film. No, <laughs> end of <laughs> Act One. Let's split up. The end. I mean, Neil never got home. For me, though, like if I went back in time and I like ran into John Candy and he was like, let's do a thing, I'd be like, hmm, sharing a motel with a strange man who's like twice my age. Okay, let's let's assume that that. let's assume that it's gender parity. Oh, gender parity. Okay, so it's let's assume that it's Roseanne Barr is playing that that part. Sure. Okay. I would still probably surrounded or someone. I would still probably. Can I have Susan surrounded? You can have Susan surrounded. I would still probably be a bit weird about it. Yeah. I would still probably be a bit weird about it. If it was somebody probably who was like close to my age, I'd probably be a bit less like, but I'd also be like random person who I've met in Wichita mm. who's yeah. come from the, mm. that, but, but that's probably just me as a, as a woman being like, if I was in the eighties and running, no, 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 no. I do like the constant, oh, I know this person because I sold them shower, shower rings. Yeah. Like that comes that's up about five or funny. six times. But there's also the scene where he's selling all the rings off to get some cash. As earrings. But it's, I feel like he's really compromised his morals at that point. Yeah. Because he does <laughs> say, like, I've never stolen anything. I've never, you know, I'm an honest person. And there he is basically stealing money from people for nothing. Yeah. For, mm. for trinkets. But then I go, mm, okay, I mean, maybe shower, did, ring, did shower ring earrings in the, in the 80s. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they were. Yeah, yeah. No, they the were right ones time, that are filled right with helium, so they're very light. Yeah, amazing. I, I have to assume all of that stuff was improvised. Improvised, yeah. I would say so, yeah. It, so good. It felt like And there'd it. be reels of it. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the other These thing, are from the Chinese court of whatever, from the 4th century. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? I feel as though if you made a version of this film today, 
with this sort of... Um... It's Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell. Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, which one's the annoying one? That's what I want to know. Because they could both do it. I think Kevin Hart's the annoying one. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. Will Ferrell does serious very well. He does. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does, um, he does actually, what's, yeah, the what's the narrator? The... Yeah, Stranger Than Fiction. Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah. How good is that I bought film? I flowers. Oh, oh that. that film is amazing. F-L-O-U-R-S. I feel, though, if you made it today with Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart, as we've established, I think that there would be more commentary on just how awful America is. American society is. Yeah. And transportation around. Yeah, could be. Is yeah. Because so much there'd be of... like there'd be like commentary on the roads yeah. being garbage well, like they'd yeah. blow you'd, a you'd tire them... out because the yeah. county has so much you'd have them the... ride the lines with a hobo yeah. resurface who so, used to be a millionaire who would be played like by who'd be played by the uh, the manager from Flight of the Concords what's his name yeah Reese yeah <laughs> not Muldoon he'd be like uh, he's like I might have eaten my own feet but I'm happy like it's yeah. something like that oh, um, anytime you have a character that needs to show up for three or four minutes make an impact yeah Easy man. Yeah, hump yeah. the wilder people, baby. That's, oh, yeah. That's how that works. Um, but I do feel as though, yeah, it's interesting how the biggest obstruction to Neil is the society that he's... Is, yeah. Is, is the way the society around him is built, but the yeah. film is not ever actively commentating on that. Makes no, sense. It's the 80s and, think, and it's America. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think that, that they the wanted that dream. perspective. But, hmm. I mean, now we have phones, we have ride services, we hmm. have GPS, True. we have... But it would be like, you know, we're on a bus from like 20 years ago and there's no USB PowerPoints or the thing or, gets Or the Uber driver destroyed. that he gets would be like Wolf, the, the guy with mm. the weird hydraulic car in this one. There's a lot of famous faces in this, a lot of famous character mm. actors who show up. So yeah, we've who got just yeah. Taxi up. driver, we've got, um, what's his name as the Hick... We've got, what's his name as the the cop? Famous, very famous. Famous, super, but that's the thing. I <laughs> the know, hit guy who like spits and I know his face. I think there was a documentary on character actors because goes, we called, I know his face or yeah. I recognize him or something. And yeah. with all his character actors, he's like, ah, it's that guy. Like the Asian yeah. guy that showed up in all the 80s action films. Mm. Yeah. With the, you know the one, the like, yeah. bald one with, yeah, see? Yeah. I don't know his name. <laughs> I don't know his name, but you're like, I know that guy. Uh, yeah. Dylan Baker played Owen, the hick. Yes. Yeah. Dylan um, Baker. He just what was spits he? Oh, he was in, um, Headhunters, that's what I saw mm, in them recently. Yeah. Um, Brilliant series if you haven't watched it. Eddie McClurg as the car rental assistant who yes. um, gets the, the F word tirade. Yeah, and she, that was her character. Mm. Oh, okay, don't you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was. But it was a great Your twist on the. Yeah. So great. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I feel like he could have handled that a lot away. better. Yeah. Like, do you not have any records? And now you're like, I'll just look it up in the computer. Yeah, like it'll all be digital. Yeah, but like I threw it away. First of all, that really annoyed me. I do remember that continues to annoy me. Why would you throw it away? You're making this track all the way back. Yeah. Mm. Um, Larry Hankin played Doobie. Larry Hankin. Which one's Doobie? The taxi taxi driver. Oh, right, 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 right. What was the other thing? All the naked ladies. He was in Escape from Alcatraz. Yes. He was in Home Alone. Yes, that's where I think I remember him from. The scary. Yeah. The scary guy. Yes, yes, yes. John Hughes. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's the same keep, group keep of Keep your friends actors. closer, let's go. What mm. did John Hughes do with Kevin Bacon? Uh, just had a nice meal. Yeah. I, I I don't know their, their connection. Is there anything? Google it. Well, well I, maybe <laughs> maybe that's why... Find, that, find a payphone maybe call up a librarian to look it up. Maybe that's why it's got, you know, uh, your six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mm. Is it six or seven? Six. It's six. six. It's six. I think so. Uh, I found mine at some point, and mm. it was like the, three or four. The 1988 romance drama, She's Having a Baby. Ah, that famous film. Which came after this film. So oh, maybe interesting. He, so maybe that's why he was in such a rush. Yeah. He what if, what if this is the, the She's John Having Hughes a Baby? Cinematic, <laughs> the John Hughes Cinematic Universe. Uh, I, I've thought about the John Hughes Cinematic Universe before, <laughs> and... Uh, that it could work. That I would love to see John Hughes's Endgame, like just, mm. just all all these different just Molly Ringwalds, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all Mo- the various versions yeah. of her, just it's, like it's by our Hughes, powers combined yeah, into the Hughes verse, just <laughs> Molly Ringwald, but but just her from Breakfast Club because every yeah. one of those other characters actually is just fictitious and a yeah. and a coping mechanism that she created for the day. Yeah. Oh, have you done a Hughesathon? We have not really done a Hughesathon. Sure. Um, to be honest, I've done a couple I have, I have of not films. seen Sixteen Candles. That was yeah. Neither have I. I've seen Pretty in Pink. That dress was yeah. much prettier before she cut it up and mm. changed it. But that's beside the point. But yeah. it was the eighties. Can you imagine though? Uh, Uncle Buck and Ferris Bueller teaming up to fight 
the principal from right. Ferris Bueller, I guess. That was the other guy that showed up, uh, the yes. teacher from Ferris Bueller. Oh, yeah. Bueller. 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 Yeah, you have the bloody. We haven't done Ferris Bueller on here, have we? It's coming up this month. Oh, oh how exciting! Love that film. Um, yeah, I'll just come could... by and watch it. I don't even need to be on there. Yeah, I'm just having a look. You could technically have Flubber. Yes. Which I didn't realise was a John Hughes film. Oh, yeah. man. So, yeah, you could have that. Robin. A lot of digital recreation of characters. Yeah. yeah. And then just CG, when... that's pretty good. Just when Molly Ringwald from All Pretty in Pink is looks like she's about to be killed, a combination of Macaulay Culkin as uh, the kid from Home Alone and Beethoven the dog come in and save the day. <gasps> wow. Yes. He just comes in, like, mm. riding on Beethoven. John like, yeah. Hughes was insanely prolific through yeah. that, like, 15-year window from yeah. the and, and let's not forget, we could also throw in um, the the lady from Weird Science and oh my god that that was a formative movie <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the bloody Griswolds coming in yes and uh, and then saved at the end by Mr. Mom <laughs> oh my goodness me yeah the huge cinematic universe would be so deep yeah and Captain America the equivalency would be Molly Ringwald yeah yeah so yeah. so get on it Husey get out there it'd be like Crisis on Infinite Earths mm. really. Like DC yeah. style stuff. And then they could all go home in a car from John Hughes Auto. Yeah. Different guy. That's <laughs> <laughs> so I bought my car from. Well, there you go. There, there you go. go. Um, would you guys like some trivia about planes, trains, and automobiles? Absolutely. Okay, all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. I will, though. And I say that every time. Well, and it, I mean it. It's hurtful, but I'm not going to change who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, John Hughes, in an interview on the Those Aren't Pillows DVD, uh, said he was inspired to Sorry, write... the what? The Those Aren't Pillows DVD? It's called the Those Aren't Pillows DVD. Do I'm, boobs? I'm, I'm guessing in reference to the Those Aren't Pillows line from this, where John his Kenny's got his hand. His butt cheeks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. How could I... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a packed film. Anyway, John Hughes, on an interview on that DVD, said he was inspired to write the film's story after an actual flight he was on from New York to Chicago, which was diverted to Wichita. It took him five days to get home. Amazing. So this is real life? Yeah. This is him wow. like, how could I, how could I make how could this, this work? work? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What if my car was on fire, but I still drove it? <laughs> what if I saw the devil? Um, The exterior of the aircraft in flight Is a reuse of a 707 Flying through a storm From the movie Airplane No, I spotted that Yeah I spotted that when That's I've seen that plane Yeah I didn't I'm lying Mm, You're lying No, no, no Oh, okay, cool Just checking Yeah, no, no, no Yeah (laughs) I I knew that coming into it And was just Oddly excited to see (laughs) that plane They're like, yeah, it's a very fun film. Um, but, I mean, yeah. nowadays you just like mock it up in yeah, just do a CG Blender after ten, buy buy three models and run it through mm. Blender. But you know, stock footage back then. True. Yeah, get your money's worth. Just yeah. the thought that John Candy and Steve Martin could have been on that plane, though, like canonically, just makes it very funny. So good. That was the flight. Yeah. 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 Um, Director John Hughes was known for staging improvisational moments for his actors in order to capture a genuine reaction. Uh, He was not satisfied with the Owen the Country Hick scenes, uh, the introduction scene, um, and they did a few takes. He wasn't happy. So he instructed the actor Dylan Baker to wipe spit on his right hand just before shaking hands with Steve Martin. Amazing. And you see that in the film where it's... And then he... But yeah, he like really goes to like push it away. He does it so well. It's like he tries to get rid of it and then just goes straight in. Yeah. yeah. It's very uh, smooth. Steve yeah. Martin was not expecting this and his disgusted reaction to shaking Baker's saliva-slathered <laughs> hand was captured. But that, see, that was really good because if you notice, Steve Martin turns to camera yeah. to show the disgust. Like he could have turned away. He's and like, lost it, he turns yeah. into it. Yeah, he yeah, does. He's good. Uh, the film crew reportedly exploded in laughter as Martin ran off to wash his hands immediately. Um, and that is perfectly cast. Yeah, perfectly cast. It's just Steve Martin. Yeah, Mm. he didn't know he was being filmed. Truman Show style. (laughs) Jesus. On instruction from John Hughes, uh, Eddie McClurg's role as the St. Louis rental car agent was partially improvised. Hughes told her to riff a fake phone call conversation about Thanksgiving plans while Steve Martin remains waiting in line for Tiny her to finish. Marshmallows. <laughs> McClurg came up with the idea to speak with her sister about who was going to make the food and saying things like, you know I can't cook. Uh, Hughes asked her how she came up with lines so quickly, and she replied that, like his script, she just drew from her own experience. Mm. McClurg claims to this day that random people still ask her to tell them that they're f- 
She would make a killing on Cameo. That's oh, yeah. delightful. Uh, we sh- yeah, we should find out if Eddie McClurg is on there. Because mm. <laughs> if not, get on it. Yeah. You get yourself some extra dollars. Prior to shooting, John Candy arrived with exercise equipment for him to use during production. Cruz had to install a treadmill, a bench press, some weights, and other exercise gear in his hotel suite. Steve Martin said that Candy never used any no. of it. <laughs> Good intentions. Yeah. Not following up, though. Incredible. I'm going to assume that was for insurance purposes. Yeah, mm. possibly. Yeah. Well, no, he'll be doing it every day. Mm. John Hughes shot over 600,000 feet of film. Whoa, that's, that's hours and hours and hours. Mm, 180,000 meters for those of us using space points. Um, this was almost twice the industry average at the time. The rumored three-hour version of this film does exist, although not in any particular order. It's a mess of footage that would take months, maybe even years, to turn into an actual film, according Hashtag to Hughes. Hashtag release the three-hour Hughes cut. Um, it's locked away in a Paramount vault, and according to Hughes, has probably uh, deteriorated by Aww. now. So. They can do amazing things with restoration. Mm. I mean, yeah. Mm. Um, Elton John and lyricist Gary Osborne were commissioned to compose a theme song for this film. They had nearly completed writing it when, two days before they were to record it, they had to leave New York and get on a plane to Chicago. No, it wasn't the plot of the film. Um, we were, we were, why though? <laughs> two, two days before they were going to record it, Paramount Pictures issued a last minute demand that the original song master become property of the studio. Oh, they oh. went, no. Elton's record company, Polygram, would not allow this as he was under contractual obligation to give Polygram rights to all of his released music. Paramount and Polygram could not reach a deal and so the composers withdrew from the project. Uh, Paramount instead opted to license Paul Young's Every Time You Go Away as the movie's theme song and Elton John's original was never recorded. Wow. Oh. Sitting, sitting in a vault somewhere. Hmm. Degrading. I like to think it's just Crocodile Rock that reworked <laughs> to be just... <laughs> Yeah. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Dun, 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 dun. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Dun, 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 dun. There's a plane and there's a train. Dun, 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 dun. He must have taken it and done something with and it. And then they get in an automobile. <laughs> wow, is Elton John in the room with this? Oh, I'm not telling. <laughs> According to the biographical book John Hughes, A Life in Film, one actor who played a truck driver was only supposed to have one line and work for one day. Because of weather-related delays during production, Hughes chose to keep him on standby. The actor ended up working enough days um, while the crew waited for snow to come that he earned enough money to make a down payment on his house. Wow. Wow. The actor in question is Troy Evans, who was uncredited as the shy truck driver in the movie. Uncredited? Yeah, so he's the one that... Um, oh, no, I yeah, remember yeah, he's like, ooh. But to get a down payment for a house on an uncredited role. Mm. Damn. That's the dream. Mm, thanks, Right Jeff there. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's the kind of thing that would happen to you, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I was once paid several hundred dollars to not be in a McDonald's commercial like that. That happened to me. But not... They didn't pay me and say, stay away. I was... <laughs> you are not allowed at I... Dunkirk McDonald's between 9am yeah. and 6pm yeah. on Tuesday the 31st yeah. of March. You and Scott Morrison are not allowed near our That's McDonald's. exactly where my brain went. <laughs> mm-hmm. You, you know you what do, you do, bring your own diaper. Yeah. Um, I, should, I should clarify. Um, I was hired um, as one of numerous extras um, for this particular shoot. And because of weather delays they changed what a lot of the shoots were and only needed all but me from the extras, basically. It was me and one other extra out of like the 10 of us where they were like, we actually only need this many, but you've worked these hours, so we're going to pay you anyway. Because I bet you were loving it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Look, I like to think <laughs> that it redressed some of the balance of the financial interaction between myself and Definitely. the adults. So, Definitely. Yeah. You've got to take something back. That's a few happy meals right there. Um Future Star Trek Voyager actor Jerry Ryan was cast as an extra in the bus scene, but her part was cut from the final release. John Hughes decided to dismiss the 19-year-old because after several takes, she couldn't stop laughing at Martin and Candy and what they were doing. Whoops. She had no lines in the scene, but her uncontrolled laughter was too much of a distraction. After she left, Hughes reshot the scene without her. So Jerry Ryan, wow. auspicious start. Yeah, but uh, hey, like who knows? We, if if that all happened, then we wouldn't have seven to nine. Yeah, and many many things would change in many young boys and girls' lives. Yes, 
But uh, yeah, no, you know, look, they're very funny. It must be a problem. Ah, uh, I mean, there's a few. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. There's only a few people that really corks me badly on stage, mm. and it's it's impossible. Yeah, because you look at their face, they're looking at you, they're doing the scene, and you're like, I I hate you. Yeah, I hate you because I'm trying to play. Yeah, but I, I really want everything wanna... about you is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I have to laugh. Um, this film was only rated as PG in New Zealand, even though. Even though it has... hardcore, bro. Yeah. We don't care, man. Show us whatever. Well, a lot of other places, this is an M or possibly even an R because of the uh, infamous 18 F words in under a minute scene. Yeah, I did did wonder about the rating. What's the rating on the... It's M on our one. M for course language. I'm sure it used to be PG because I saw it. It was on TV. It's it's literally only that one scene. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty, it's it is, long, yeah. I mean, if they, like, if they yeah. took some of those Fs out, I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw it taped off the TV. Mm. Mm. So it would have been on. Well, in New Zealand, apparently, they don't care. No. Don't like... give a flip, bro. <laughs> it's just a word. It's Can't a hurt word. me, man. He's in America. <laughs> <laughs> the final bit of trivia is alternate casting for our two leads. Oh, right, oh, yeah. Oh. Would you like to know who John Hughes originally wanted for both of these roles? Sure. Kevin okay. Bacon and Kevin Bacon. No. Oh. Uh, okay, but Kevin Bacon acting Kevin both Bacon, of those opposite each other. Hilarious. Yeah, mm. Kevin Bacon and Christopher Walken. No. Um, um, he originally Molly won- Ringwald <laughs> and Kevin Bacon. No. <laughs> John Hughes originally wanted Tom Kevin Hanks. Kevin Bacon. Tom Hanks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks for the role of Neil Page. So okay. for the um, yeah, post big. Steve yeah. Martin character. Yeah. He was unavailable because he was shooting Big. Oh. Big came out the following year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because um, what did he do before they did the Bachelor movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he that was he, it. Oh, he was in Bosom Buddies, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was still very TV. early in his career. That was, yeah, yeah, big was the, the big, big one. thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, the for the role of Del Griffith, um, John Hughes originally wanted John Travolta. Oh, they're going to say John Belushi. No, John Travolta. Wow. John Travolta. Late 80s John Travolta as well. Mm. That would have been a weird bed scene. Yeah. The Paramount executives did not want Travolta in the movie because at the time he was considered box office poison. Yeah. That was like the slump. Mm. That lasted until The Travolta slump, yeah. Yeah. And then disappeared after Broken Arrow. What did he say in this character that... John Travolta was who he wanted, but John Candy was who he got. But that's the thing I'm trying to work. I out. would assume Steve Martin went get John Candy. In. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Or does it just have to be someone? I'm named just imagining John? now yeah. that bed scene with Tom Hanks and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and right? John Travolta. This is like suddenly the pillow comment gets a yeah. bit weirder. Yeah. What? But I can I can never do a Tom Hanks unless I go Buzz. Like, so he's like, "Where's your hand?" And and John Travolta being like, "You just oh, turned into Sean Connery." Man, it's, it's Tell between me where your hand is. It's between these two pillows, man. <laughs> but I guess I guess the obnoxiousness of of Welcome Back, Cotter is what he wanted. Yeah, like that slick salesman obnoxiousness. I think I can see it. I don't think it would be a very good film. No, no. I think it would have been a garbage no. film. But no. John Belushi could have worked. Yeah. Yeah. Had he been alive. Well, had he been alive, yeah. 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 But, like, you can see how that would absolutely have been a role that he was in. Yeah. Like, alternate casting would be, like, Martin Short and John Belushi or something. Mm. Mm. Oh, Bill Murray. That would be If it was film. done now, the other person yeah. who I think that they would put in something like, like that John Candy role, it would be somebody like Josh Gad. Or Kevin James. Yeah. Or Jack Black. We're just naming fan actors now, I think, at yeah. this point. But, well, but... I mean, like, the fatness, I think, is interesting because mm. it's that softness and jolliness. Yeah. yeah. But like we said, that evaporates really quickly very early, which I think was a really cool Yeah, thing. it reminded me a bit, and I don't know the actor's name, but the uh, guy that plays Jacob in the Fantastic Beasts films. Oh, Jacob Kowalski. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Who's he good? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't yeah. know the actor's name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He would be really good. What else has he been in that I might know? Uh, he was in Fantastic Beasts 2. Fantastic Beasts 3. I'll look him up. I'll look him up. Hang on. Um, Jacob Kowalski. Yeah. But yeah, the, 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 uh, the offside. Almost certainly I would know. Dan Fogler. Dan Fogler. Oh, what does he look like? Uh, a bit like, like that. A bit like John Candy. Oh, yeah. Okay. He could be Josh's dad's brother. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do think the fact that it went through like a 
an actor who was physically different from from Neil, who was mm. Neil was very much portrayed as being the every man, yeah, and so has the every white man, sort of the <laughs> average white. Oh my man god, in the film. Dan Fogler Boom. originated the role of William Barfy in the twenty fifth annual Putnam Spelling Bee. Holy moly! There was a lot of words then. I yeah, and I don't know how. Yeah, sorry. And, and to quote, and to quote um, <laughs> Neil from this film, none of them had a point. <laughs> Annual, annual Putnam Spelling Bee is like a yeah, it's a, it's yeah, it's a musical. Oh, okay. that's, oh that, okay. that's it. Okay. Wrong crowd, Wrong yeah. crowd. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know. Um, so the <laughs> other things that Dan Fogler has been in, he's known for Fantastic Beasts, uh, Good Luck Chuck, Balls of Fury, that's right, Fanboys. Um, mm. he's been in The Walking Dead. Yeah. He was yeah. in the Goldbergs. But we've established already that Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. It yeah. would it would be Will Ferrell and Kevin Hart in, yeah. in the modern version. Like. Or Kevin Hart and Kevin James. Hmm. That would also work. I he think. was in Sharknado yeah. Five. Wow, <laughs> he highlight. was in Sharknado Five. Career highlight. Because <laughs> mm. you could, if you wanted to go down that route of what we we're talking about before, of more social commentary, putting in Kevin Hart would be interesting because it's like, well, can a black man get a free ride? Yeah. In the well, middle of Wichita. There's there's a little film called Green Book that I would point you towards. Which I don't uh, think book should be green. I think that's a ridiculous thing, and I will not see that film. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Green Book, what we've learned today, a lot less funny than planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, Green Book has its place as a social commentary heavy film, mm. but you could do it lighter. I mean, Trading Places was, was the version of that, I guess. I suppose, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Uh, all that's left for us to do is to score the film. And Ellen, it was your first time watching Planes, Trains and Automobiles, so what score are you going to give it out of ten? Um, I'm going to give it five flaming cars out of ten. It was just like a straight down the middle of the line. There were certain bits where I was like, this is funny, and I was like enjoying it, and other bits where I was like, eh. So it's kind of like mm. plumb in the middle for me. Yeah. All right, what about yourself? Um, five not pillows for me as well. Not I think that's a very... It's a very apt description. Like, if it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah. But I'm not necessarily going to search it out, except for that time when I worked through all of the Eddie Murphy films, and then I get to, like, the 80s, and then then it moves on to, you know, Bill Murray films, and then it's like, well, mm. maybe Steve Martin films now. Mm. I'm, uh, I think it's slightly better than a five for me, um, but but not not by much. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't think it's quite a six. No, and that's the thing, is I, I think there are certain things about this film that I'm like, this this doesn't stack up to the way this film would be shot today but it's enjoyable um it's that's the end of the review it's enjoyable (laughs) i mean it's it's built it's built to be that right like none of hughes stuff is particularly controversial he does middle of the road exceptionally well yeah Yeah. and that's where a lot of that success came from and at this time period people weren't really looking to be Challenge, challenge. Like mainstream films weren't supposed to be challenging. Really. Yeah, it it was a fun film. They're not anymore, either. No. <laughs> yeah, depends it, on your stance on giant lizards and big apes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I, fe- I felt that it was a good, fun film with with no real consequence. Yeah. Um, and the, it it does exactly what you say about John Hughes films. It just does that thing of, of being entertaining. Um, so I would give it. I'm going to give it five and a half uh, Kevin Bacon races out of, out of ten. <laughs> yep. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's fine. And it's, you know, it's an interesting road trip movie. Normally, road trip movies tend to focus around a singular vehicle, normally. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so the fact that we really didn't have that was quite interesting. No, it's a really interesting structure of he needs to get home and then things happen. Yeah. yeah. Which is very easy. And then you can just riff off that like mm. what if they're the wrong way on the freeway mm. what if the car what if there was only one bed <laughs> mm. oh no now we've got to confront the fact that these are two straight men in a space two together two bros chilling in a, a hot tub, tub. Yeah. five feet apart because they're not gay yeah. and then they're <laughs> snuggling by the morning it's like did you just kiss my ear yeah, I do think I do oh, think that scene would possibly also be played out differently today. Oh, I think it would definitely be played out. It would differently. be oh no no no, no not, nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that yeah because there'd still be there'd still there'd be still be a little yeah. bit of that homophobia in there yeah to appease to the main mark the mainstream market but there would be the caveats of like I'm not gay oh no there's anything wrong with that that's how I see this play yeah that would, I think that that would be exactly what it would be it would be them both freaking out and then accusing each other of being more freaked out and therefore I'm not freaked out are you freaked out no no yeah. no I'm not freaked out I don't have a problem with it let's get back in the bed why are you offended with me kissing your ear yeah I, I wasn't it was just 
it was, was loud. Just, it was oh, it was loud. Was it? It was oh, so gay people are loud. Is that what you're saying? No, I just I don't know what volume. Like that's what yeah, it would be. It would yeah. be that scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, and it would be great. It feels like it would be a scene that would belong in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. Courage and Charlie Day for just sure. going, what's wrong with me well, kissing I mean, they, Danny DeVito really and him do share a bed. Yeah. Charlie yeah. Day and Danny DeVito do share a bed in that. Mm. And it's never really brought up as a, no, there's one line is like, you guys share a bed? And Danny DeVito's like, yeah. And then that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Matt just has a look on his face uh, of like, oh. Mm. And then that's, that's the sum total. That's They're it. more focused on him Eating all the cat food till he feels sick and going to sleep. So that's the that's the focus of. <laughs> oh, fair enough. That's thing. such a strange show. I love it so much. It's They're all such, such assholes. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. Uh, that brings us to the end of this review of <laughs> planes, trains, and automobiles via Starlight Express and <laughs> Thomas uh, Tank Engine. many Thomas many Tank. other films. So um, many segues. Yes. Yeah. But Ellen and Brett, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Cinema Catch Up Club. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. You picked this film. Yes, you specifically, who I'm talking to. Uh, you can help us pick more films. You can become a member of our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. You can nominate the films uh, that come up each and every month. Uh, you can also vote for those films. You don't have to be a Patreon to vote. You can just go over to our Facebook page um, because... Voting is a democratic right, so... I did I it. firmly believe that. Yes, I, I did it, and I voted for this film. Yeah. And, and now I'm on the podcast. And how satisfied are you? It was fine. Yeah, see? She's <laughs> five out of ten satisfied. I'm yeah. five out of ten satisfied. That's the quote. Vote for the film, guys, because, quote, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> just search for us over at Facebook. Uh, just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club in the search engine there. And, of course... Subscribe. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. You can also leave reviews for the Cinema Catch-Up Club on those pages. Um, I think five stars is fair. Yeah. 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 Um, what you actually say in the comments, um, that's entirely up to you. But just, yeah. just, just leave with the five stars. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you've yeah. got all of those stars to it use. It costs you nothing. Yeah. You have infinite stars to give. Yeah. Why not throw five this way? Yeah. yeah. So please do that at your podcast provider of choice. But that's all for this week. So until next time... Goodbye. Farewell. My car's on fire. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.